From the Catholic Archdiocese of Adelaide and ArchD Radio and Podcasting, this is the Parishes of Adelaide podcast for Wednesday, July the 22nd. I'm your host, James Mester. On today's episode, we'll be spending time with the Greenacres, Walkerville and North Adelaide Prospect Parishes. We'll begin today, though, with Father Michael Trainer, parish priest for Lockleys, reading and reflecting on this Sunday's Gospel. So this is a reading from the Gospel according to Matthew for the forthcoming Sunday. Jesus said to his disciples, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field which someone found and hid. Then in his joy goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. On finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. Have you understood all this? The disciples answered, Yes. And he said to them, Therefore every scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven is like the master of a household who brings out of their treasure what is new and what is old. When Jesus had finished these parables, he left that place. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So, uh, this is the end of... uh, uh, the whole parable teaching that we've had over the last three Sundays uh, in ordinary time. And what it, what this, these particular parables remind me of is that it connects into the reality that we are all searchers. And we all seek what's best in our lives. We seek the best for our health, uh, for our families, for those whom we love. We want the best for them. So we're questers, we are searchers. And we also seek underneath all that a deep spiritual joy, a a deep sense of peace. No matter what happens around us, we search for this deeper level of peace and well-being. And I think we meet people who are like this. We come across... um, People, no matter what happens, they are at deep peace. And I'm thinking at the moment of my father who, who has died. He had uh, an, an illness constantly throughout his life. And yet he always bore suffering and pain with patience and with humor. Now, when I think of that, and I also think of the, what's happening around us in terms of people's response to the coronavirus, the growing sense of isolation, and even the residual depression that some people are experiencing, I, I, I think the parables speak into the, our, to our world, to our situation. So the first parable is like the treasure hidden in a field that someone finds and sells everything in order to have the treasure, in order to have the joy. It's like us. We will give up what's not important for what's most important. Or for the merchant in search of fine pearls, one of the great uh, products of the ancient world that merchants looked for. 
similarly sells everything in order to buy this pearl at great price. And I think deep in our hearts, that's our own desire. No matter what happens around us, no matter what cataclysm or ill health we have, no matter what happens, we would like to bear, to be at peace, to have a deep sense of calmness in the midst of everything around us. And then the, the parable finishes with Jesus asking his disciples, have you understood all this? And they answer yes. Uh, and Matthew is working out of Mark's gospel. In Mark's gospel, the disciples do not understand. They're quite ignorant about what's happening. And yet here in Matthew's gospel, they do understand. And that leads Jesus to the final saying, Therefore, every scribe who's been trained for the kingdom of heaven is like the master of a household who takes out of their treasure what is new and what is old. So Matthew uh, Matthew's Jesus is speaking into Matthew's leaders, the leadership of Matthew's day uh, in the mid-80s of the latter part of the first century. And it's that leadership which needs to draw out of the uh, treasure what is new and what is old. The, the Greek for treasure is thesaurion, of which we get the word thesaurus, you know, in English. The, this, this collection of words, the, the, the treasure house of words. Well, um, Jesus says to Matthew's leaders, leadership requires drawing out of the treasure what is new, and that is what is it, what we are encountering at the moment and now for our future, but drawing out of uh, out of our tradition. And 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 I'd like to conclude with the thought that that very that very dynamic, the dynamic of engaging the the past the best fruits of our tradition, of our religious Catholic heritage, the wisdom of our heritage, to engage the realities of the present, unforeseen by Matthew's household or Jesus of Nazareth, but bringing the treasures of the past in dialogue with the present in order that we may be renewed into the future. This same thing has come up recently from a document only published in the last month by the congregation for the clergy dealing with life in a parish and it, crit it critiques outmoded versions of parish life that does not engage the realities of the present or look to the future with hope and confidence so these parables offer i think hope for us they affirm our own search for what we think is important as we seek to become a community of disciples in the contemporary world that's ever relevant. Yesterday afternoon, I headed up to Greenacres, Walkerville and met with Parish Secretary Rebecca and Pastoral Associate Sister Rita. Rebecca, do you feel that this whole COVID thing, are we at the end for this now in terms of parish life, do you think? Uh, wait and see. <laughs> it depends. On what? On who slips through the border one case and we could be out of control again and then shut down again. Yeah. So, so is that, from your perspective, is that sitting at the back of your mind, just going, we have to be ready in terms of contingency or even just kind of like emotionally ready to provide support to people? I, I wouldn't say it's sitting at the back of my mind, but I think kind of we were, we will be more prepared if it does have to happen again because we've already done it once. You know, before it was like, bang, you're shut, that's it. What do you do? And this time we'll have 
plans in place. Yeah. If you had to kind of like um, now go, you know what, we've got this particular plan in place, we wouldn't have thought that this would be something that we would have to put in in play, a kind of like an unexpected thing mm-hmm. like that you wouldn't have imagined would be part of your emergency list. What would that be, do you think? We didn't have a database or anything with everybody's email addresses. That took me two days just to go through any correspondence we had to try and find those so at least you know if we were to have to go again I've already got that yeah um that was the big and it's who are we missing because there are a lot of people that we're missing who don't have email who Mm. don't have forms of you know internet communication now is that an age specific thing in a way that with the it is I think it is a little bit it's a lot of our older parishioners um and a lot of them are utilising their children to stay in contact with us. Mm. Um, but definitely there are the older who who even aren't coming or now because they still feel very vulnerable. Yeah, right. And do they do they get in touch? Do they how do you know that about about them? Well, that's where what Sister Rita does comes R- into play. Mm. During the coronavirus distancing, that was not possible of visiting so much. Mm -hmm. And so a good initiative that came from Father Kim presented to the parish council all through email and phone calls was that um, the invitation was for the members of the parish council to take on five or ten depending on their commitment to and time, Mm -hmm. to get in touch with people using the phone and every fortnight or every three weeks to be in touch with them using the phone. Yeah. And that has been very, very uh, welcomed and supportive. So there's been that opportunity of being in touch with people. And the other one has been uh, some of the parishioners uh, picking up some of the printed bulletin and delivering the in the letterbox, mm-hmm. and that too has been very much uh, appreciated. Now, the last couple of weeks, instead, since the distancing and there's been greater openness, then there's been a movement towards visitation, and not only me as pastoral associate, but we have a little group of people who does reach out on a regular basis, would bring communion or visit yeah. our housebound people, and that's picking up again. So in that time that you've been able to now go out and visit people again, what's been the sort of the general response? Because I'm imagining the visitation is probably not something that you would do normally during like normal times so much. Mm. Uh, has there been any moments that you've that you've gone out that um, uh, on these visitations with people where you've actually really had this amazing an experience that you wouldn't have had otherwise? A, a real moment of connection, real moment of grace, real moment of finding the spirit in the in the unexpected. Uh, I, I could really tap into two incidents. One mm-hmm. is a couple that um, uh, had been visited before, but that was not possible. And they were so, so jubilant. There was such a, an, a, a a joy to be able to have someone visiting them. And I also brought the Eucharist to them. And they hadn't been receiving the Eucharist for about three months. So it was such a a moving experience for Mm. myself and for them to see the joy and gratitude. And then I went to visit another elderly lady. Again, she was quite involved uh, with the Sunday Eucharist last year. She was mobile. And then she got quite sick. 
Uh, in fact, during the coronavirus, she was also hospitalized, and oh, I wasn't wow. aware of this until okay. I called in. And again, um, she, uh, the joy, the gratitude that was there. And also, uh, I usually bring the bulletin. And so looking at the bulletin and being aware of other things that are happening, so that whole sense of connection. Yeah. Yes. And so I do. Va- I can see the value of having people who do reach out to others in um, in that visitation, in that presence. It does sound that it that these moments were like real, real connection, tangible connection moments. Yes. Is there anything now that we're kind of coming out of that this whole period? That if, say, for instance, like we all went back to how things were, relatively speaking, tomorrow, and and we sort of we're clear of all this coronavirus stuff, is there anything from a parish point of view that you think you'll keep, that you used as a strategy to get through this time, that you've gone, oh, we we didn't think of doing this, but now that we've done it, it's got something mm. of real value. One thing that I'm very, uh, I would say, again, I believe in it because people have fed back to me this, how much they have appreciated. These are the younger people who have access to the internet. Yeah. And with Rebecca sending them our bulletin, Father Kim's homily. Um, now, some of them have said to me, I look forward that this continues on. The use of our modern means mm. to come to our door, to come in our house. Yeah. Now, I can see that as really valuable to continue on. And we have. We've had a lot of positive feedback. Before we were able to have Sunday Mass, we were sending the bulletin, the Sunday readings and Father Kim's homily on a Thursday. Mm -hmm. Now we are still sending the bulletin and the readings, but the homily doesn't generally go out till the Monday morning. Um, But there are a lot of people who then feed back and say they really appreciate the chance to then read over it again and to appreciate it in another way than rather than just sitting in mass and hearing it. Mm. So to be able to read it and contemplate it again after the mass, people are really appreciating it, which is really nice to hear. Like that was something that I thought we'd stop doing once we were back at mass, but people really really like it that is really interesting isn't it Mm. and i think that being able to really break the word open i mean to me the journey of going through the mass the Mm. liturgy of the word the liturgy of the eucharist uh it's it's an amazing journey me though i'm a real um i'm a real homily geek i Mm -hmm. absolutely love one that breaks the gospel open so i completely get that i completely Mm. understand why people would want to really sit with that and really absorb that because the homily is what brings the word into our daily lives, um, where we're sitting right now, you know, and I think that that's something that I think people would really welcome. Well, I, I think I also, you know, as a parent of younger children, then it's actually really nice to be able to read it not distracted because as much as you try not to be distracted <laughs> yes. in church, when you've got children who are too young to really yeah. co- understand what's being said and who are like, what does that mean, you know? And, and I'm like, I'll, t- I'll explain it after. Um, but, but you're distracted, then, you're, yeah. To be then able to read it. And even I found, because I'll go through and I'll make sure that it's, you know, print worthy, because what you read and what you, you know, print, mm. make sure full stops are in the right places and stuff. Um, even just doing that for myself, I'm getting it a greater understanding of what the readings are because I'm reading it, proofreading it, but still reading it and being able to understand it in a different way.
So your your journey here, Rebecca, has been quite unusual in that you were dropped in uh, here to the, the the parish. You started working here as the parish secretary. Do you say two weeks uh, before the shutdown? Second of March, I started. So we had two weeks, and then it was like masses off. Talk to me about that journey of starting here, where everything was business as usual. Well, it was. They hadn't had a secretary here since before Christmas. Right. So I didn't actually have anybody to hand the position over to me. So that was um, that was interesting. The previous secretary did come in for about an hour and a half. Okay. Um, early March um, to kind of show me a few things. But I was still trying to understand what I needed to provide weekly for mass, what needed to be done for the bulletin. Did not have a clue about the financial side oh, of what my job was. Oh, that's enormous. Um, and then, yeah, it was like, well, we're stopping. Mass is done. We can't do that. Um, so then we, like I said, it took me two days to get an email distribution list organised from every bit of information I could find um, and get that into a format that we could start communicating with our parishioners what was going on. Um, and then it was... I guess it kind of changed a little bit from parish secretary to communications manager yeah, um, <laughs> to ensure that we were, you know, in touch with everybody. Um, it's so interesting. When I interviewed uh, the Mount Gambier Parish the other day, um, that's exactly what they were talking about. I think that the – I don't know if – I can't remember if it was the pastoral associate or the parish secretary. They changed their role name to communications. Well, that's that's what it very much it had to be that then. Felt, felt like. Um, I did get my training on the financials, but it was over the phone mm-hmm. um, while she was sitting on her back pergola, you know, kind of hiding from her children because, you know, all the archdiocese staff were working from home as well. Um, so we did manage to get, you know, some some training done over the phone and everyone's been really super nice and super kind and super forgiving, um, which has been really good. But it's... Um, I feel like, you know, I've been here for four months, so I should know how it all works. But now all of a sudden we're going back to what I should have been doing, but I only did it for two weeks. So mm. I'm still trying to, I'm like, okay, so I've got to get the commentary ready. But what what do I need to include in that? Because I only did it twice. So it's it's kind of, it's been interesting. Yeah. Um, at the same time, you know, still trying to manage you know, what was going on with my children in school and my husband working at home pretty much for three months nonstop um, and trying to make it all It's a shame that with a podcast they couldn't see your facial expression (laughs) when you said that. No, no, it's all good. Um, But, yeah, you know, because this is my first job in a really long time. So it was trying to manage from a personal level how I was going to start working and still be a mum and still be a wife and make that all work. And then everything just kind of wasn't what I thought it was going to be. I mean, you didn't have the luxury of like an established routine to fall back on in a way and go, okay, well, I now know, you know. Yeah, everything just kind of. And then there was that constant, I don't know whether you'd say it was a fear, but that constant in the back of my head, if the school happened to get a case, we'd be shut down because we couldn't. Instantly, yeah. We couldn't keep working but I couldn't necessarily work from home because I'd have to take everything from here and so it was that whole well what do we do you know what do we do if we are instantly just shut down Mm. and then now it's communicating with all the different groups that use the church and 
but again, I've had no real introduction to the job because of the situation. It's been very hard to, to you know, be trained by anybody and even to have the previous secretary come back in again while she's still trying to manage her new position and her new job. So, Well, it sounds like you've done crazy well, like really well. Would you concur with that, Sister Rita? I agree with you fully. She's been really courageous and also very open to the challenges around and wanting, wanting to really reach out and do her best in serving the parish community. Which, again, Mm. has been hard because as, you know, Sister Rita and the Pastoral Council were able to identify the people that needed that little bit extra because we can't communicate. I don't know who anyone is. Mm. So I'm seeing a list of names. Um, Even though this is my parish, I've only lived here for a short time. So I'm seeing a list of names and and I'm like, well, who who do I go to? There's been a couple of um, guys that have been really helpful. Um, They've helped with the money. They've helped with all sorts of different things to help me get to where I need to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really appreciative of people like that. But at the same time, I'm hearing a lot of names but not knowing the faces because right, I haven't yeah. had a chance to – I think Easter, Palm Sunday, we were going to farewell the old secretary and welcome me, but we mm-hmm. obviously didn't get a chance no. to do that. Um, so it's been – by the time we do get to – properly welcome me to the parish I will have been here forever so (laughs) well I love that you're talking about all the challenges with a smile and that's really good if you're still smiling it shows (laughs) that you're seeing the positive spin on it all but if I was to ask you in this time in the in the months that you've been here your two weeks of normal and then your multiple months of not normal Mm -hmm. if you had to recall one moment that you say that you could say this is where I really found an amazing moment of the Holy Spirit that I would not have found in any other place. If there was one moment that you had to pull out that was that really summed that up for you, what would that be? It had nothing to do with the Holy Spirit. It was the moment where I finally figured out how to make the photocopier print my bulletins properly. <laughs> that was a moment. I did a happy dance just as well. There was no one here to see me uh, dancing around the office but I, I don't know sister Rita would you call that a, a moment of the intervention of the Holy Definitely. Spirit <laughs> I finally figured it out when, when there is an expression of joy exactly. and delight where does it come from I was, the oh, spirit well, there was, in us there was no one mm. to teach me you know it was like we'll mm. print it out and then we reduce it down and then we do it and then I finally figured out how I could make it print double-sided and shrunk down. And, and then last week I figured out how I could make it print like a booklet and staple. I was like, this is so exciting. I don't even have to fold them anymore. From Greenacres, Walkerville, I went to meet with Siobhan at the North Adelaide Prospect Parish. So Siobhan, what's your your official title here? I'm the child safe contact person for the parish. That's Mm -hmm. one of the roles that I'm, I'm, my official role. But I'm general factorum. I do everything General factorum. Everything else. That sounds very official. (laughs) Sounds very Latin. It's... uh, it's more uh, troubleshooting what's going on in the parish and helping Father Paul get things um, going and having new ideas and, and challenging people to do things that they maybe haven't done before. Like what? Like uh, we had a domestic violence vigil one night. 
Okay. And uh, I can't remember how many people came. Not 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 thousands, but enough people came and they were really quite engaged by the whole topic of the fact that domestic violence has, has such relevance in our community. So as a follow-on from that, what we've done is we've actually put leaflets out um, that tell people if they have trouble with a domestic violence situation or they've had it in the past, they can actually ring the office, identify a safe time when they can receive a phone number and we have a small group of people who will return that call and then direct them. They're not going to take over as social workers or anything like that. They will be able to direct them to the resources of which there are thousands yeah. uh, that may be able to help them. And we've also got a mail as, as part of that group because um, I felt it was important that we acknowledge that men may be the worst perpetrators of domestic violence, but some men are actually victims. Sure. So, so that's all gone out. We've got a resource manual in, in both the churches so that the, the information is there. Uh, the good news would be if we never have a phone call, if we never have a yeah. call. But most of us know from personal experience that there's always someone in your group who's on the receiving end of treatment that is just not acceptable. Yeah. So it, it's just to give someone an outlet yeah. um, when they need it, yeah. When did you do this vigil? When did this happen? I was the Domestic Violence Week um, towards the end of last year. Okay. Yeah. So it seems that your parish here, um, North Adelaide Prospect Parish, it seems that there's a strong focus here, from what I'm picking up, on real hands and feet faith in action is a big part of it. It is, it is. We have a really uh, very diverse population, very multicultural population, which is one of our richnesses and one of our riches. And um, one of your sources of richness. Sources of riches, yeah, get the word right. <laughs> um, they are very generous and very giving of their time and of their friendship. And uh, it was one of the things that I told my children when we first um, went without mass was uh, m both my daughters aren't in Adelaide, so mm. it's a wee bit hard. And I said to them, I miss being hugged on a Sunday morning. Wow. Because, you know, because of, particularly with the uh, Italian population and a lot of the elderly population, mm. I would just hug people as I went in and out of the church, and it was beautiful. It mm. was really beautiful, and it was it was genuine. It wasn't, you know, yeah. oh, I have to give you a hug. You know, it was a genuine uh, expression of, of of love, and that's fantastic. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, getting to that, the when mass wasn't able to happen. Oh. Do you remember the moment that you heard that mass was going to be, I guess, like called off for an indefinite period? Well, I was having huge doubts about whether we should actually, whether it was going to continue. And oh, okay. I discussed it with Paul, Father Paul, and said, you know, oh, I'm not sure about this. And he said, no, 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 mass is essential because they said only essential things could go, go on. Uh, but I knew. I'd read the articles. I'd read the science behind yeah. it. I'd s watched what had gone on in Europe and America. And I said, no, it's all going to stop. And it was an awful blow to everyone because it was like, oh, the church shut, end of story, no fun, no, no, 
can't do that, can't do that. And it was like living in a void. Because mm. um, this is such an unprecedented thing. Like we've oh, got nothing to base nah. this experience on. And we, can, we can't go, oh, this was like that time when because there was nothing even closely resembling it. Nothing. And, and it was very difficult to sort of pull the threads together. And then when they said we could open the churches for private prayer and that was all done and we did all the screening off and mm-hmm. wiping down and all the, the precautions that were, that were taken and that was really good. And then one of the, our parishioners asked if they could have exposition during the private prayer. Mm. So we actually did that for, for set time periods. The, the numbers obviously were, were um, restricted but people were able to go in and just kneel in the presence of the Blessed Sacrament and feel some joy that they could still be enough a part part of it to fulfil their need. However, not being able to go to Mass was killing a lot of people. I mean, it was dreadful, you know, not being able to go and receive Holy Communion and be in part of a community was very, very hard. Do you remember any conversations that you had at the time with people who were saying, I mean, to say it was killing people, I mean, that's that's extreme. I mean, I know it's not literally killing them, no, but like, no, no, but no, maybe spiritually yes, to a certain yes, degree. I yes. mean, is there any particular conversation that you had that really stands out that you went, wow, this is having a huge impact? I think before the online masses started, um, and I know they happened reasonably quickly, but before that when there was nothing it wasn't necessarily what people said it was their behavior mm. the 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 downcast you know it was like oh you know yeah. we can't do anything we're not part of anything and one of the one of the strengths of this community is they are very much a part of it's it's like a family yeah. to them and i think i remember one of my friends rang me and said what if someone dies? How are we going to find out about it? Because obviously you hear in the Dominus. And her yeah. fear was she was going to walk down the street and meet someone and not know that that person's wife or husband or whatever had died. Yeah. And and that really frightened her. You know, it was like, oh, God, you know, I'd hate to do that to anybody. So we we did sort that out and we and how, did you, how did you work around that well what we did was staying connected i guess it's staying connected more broadly yeah, isn't it the, the um our parish newsletter the dominus is available on the website but we also email it out paul emails it personally out to a huge list of email addresses yeah and those that haven't got email we we make sure that someone drops them off for them and uh now that we've got mass going we we have copies of the dominus there so mm. that has got that information in it so people know that you know um there was a death in 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 such and such a family and and i think that because they're such a close-knit community and because so many of them are elderly, they were very isolated because, you know, they had to be. They weren't going of course, out. They yeah. weren't going to the shop. They weren't doing any of those things. So it was very difficult for them, mm. yeah. So that sounds like, would you say that was the 
from your perspective, the biggest challenge in terms of that was the staying connected, keeping connections happening? Yes. Or was there maybe any, was there anything that came to you as a big challenge that as you went into this, because you were saying that you were looking at, you know, America and the UK and Europe and and seeing the writing on the wall. Mm -hmm. And you were probably at that time going through some things in your head going, I can see this is going to be a problem. I can see this is going to be a problem. Yep, yep. We're going to have to work out ways around that. Mm -hmm. Is there anything that came out that you went, I would not have seen this as being a challenge. Well, interestingly, our sacramental program had just started. Right. And, you know, we've got St. Dominic's Blacks and and Rosary School and, you know, we'd had the first meetings and all the rest of it. And then all of a sudden it was, it stopped. Mm -hmm. And these children who were in the process of preparing to receive their sacraments were sort of left hanging. And that that was very hard um, for the children because, you know, they're in year four and it's time to do that and they did their reconciliation last year and, they, and this is the next step. We weren't able to do any of the prep um, because obviously we try and follow the parish, family-centred, parish-led, school-supported. So we try and do a lot of the um, education for the children here. Mm. Um, and that... You know, the teachers weren't really sure whether they kept going, whether they stopped. They are actually doing the um, preparation now because mm. we still can't have large gatherings. Well, they probably wouldn't have known themselves whether or not they were even going to be there last term anyway. That was all oh, yes, up in the air. Yes, yes, and the homeschooling and, and mm. all the challenges that, that that faced, yeah. One of the joys has been uh, when we have Mass back again, we have a children's liturgy. It's not a very big children's liturgy and they're very – they're quite small children, mm-hmm. but to see them bopping in, all excited to be back, and you know, uh, listening to the prayers and taking the offertory up, and you know, they, they, that is beautiful. Mm. It's lovely to see, and it's lovely to see that enthusiasm, which we need to foster, of course. Absolutely. Mm. So I know that we're still. We're cautious. We don't mm. know what's going to be happening next. You know, you've got to always be ready for these things. We've seen what's happened over in Victoria and, yes. you know, that's just awful for them and I really feel for them. And if we have any Victorians listening, we really – our prayers do go mm. out to you because mm. we are thinking of you. But let's just say hypothetically this had all ended as of now mm. and you were looking back on this whole experience as something in the past. For you, is there any particular – moment of grace, any moment of the presence of the Holy Spirit that appeared in a place that you perhaps might not have expected to see it? At home. Talk about that. What do you mean? Being, not hearing voices, but, you know, being spiritually aware of the presence of the the Holy Spirit while I was at home in the process of thinking about how are we going to to get through this how mm-hmm. are we going to get back to normal and that just that calming element that appeared to 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 strike me that it's all right it's going to be all right you know you just stay calm you have faith and and that really has been what has kept me going you know yeah. so was there a moment there i mean there must have been a moment then when you went oh i feel like i'm in the presence of something did you actually stop and say you 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 did pause and say I'm aware of this or was oh, it more no, in no, retrospect? Oh no, I was I was very aware of it. I was very aware of it. I really, was very aware 
How were you aware of that at the time? Well, it wasn't a voice in my head, but it was no. a, f- a, a, a feeling of support and love and positiveness that that appeared to to me. That you know, you can do this. We're we're all in this together, and you know, have faith because your faith will will protect you and guide you through this process. Mm. Has your feeling about what a parish is or what a parish can be changed through this whole experience? Oh, yeah, absolutely, because I mentioned before that, you know, I view the parish as a a family Uh, and it is the people. It is the people who will um, move it forward. It's the people who will enjoy the whole promise of of um, religion and love and everything that it has to offer them, it's the the, the parish community is is the is is the bricks and mortar. You know, mm. yes, we you know we're having mass in the hall and it's not it's not ideal, but in fact, some of the parishioners said they quite like it because it's more up close and personal because yeah. you're actually almost next to the well not next to the altar, but you know you're not. It's not like being at the back of the church, um, and that they feel much more of a connection because that that it is that enclosed space and it's a smaller space. Yeah. So. And I guess if a parish, then mm. as you say, is more about the parishioners than mm. it is about the bricks and mortar, then that just highlights that, doesn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Parishes of Adelaide is a production of RHD Radio and Podcasting for the Catholic Archdiocese of Adelaide. You can subscribe to this podcast and have it delivered to your device every Wednesday as soon as it's released on whatever platform you're listening to it on right now. You can see the full music credits in the show notes. If you think there are other people who may enjoy this podcast, please share it with them. And if there are others you know or in your parish who don't have the technology to listen to podcasts on their phone, iPad, computer or other digital device, we can make CDs of this podcast available. Please contact me by email. That's in the show notes too. And we'll work out how to get those to you. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.